0: you Welcome to the Ryback Show Live. I am the big guy, Ryback. Happy Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. And thank you for everybody who tunes in later, not joining the live show here. Available on all podcast platforms, iTunes reviews are greatly appreciated. We are streaming live on Instagram and TikTok. Hopefully IG doesn't shut it. I don't know what happened last. Uh, last recording. The Instagram Live just shut down. But as always, guys, I just try to tell you, I, I do the lives over on, I stream them from the, from the social platforms. TikTok, we do very, very good numbers. Anywhere, like I said, we can do 40, 50, all the way up to 100,000 uh, viewers on there throughout that. So that is it's very beneficial to do that. But if you guys can swing over to Ryback TV where we are streaming live on YouTube and subscribe, that greatly, greatly helps the cause. You guys are the co-host of this show. Everyone here on Ryback TV and at Twitch at Ryback Rules. And we are streaming live also on Facebook at Ryback Reeves. But you are the co-host of this show. The ebb and flow of the show goes where your questions go. Super chats are brought up on the screen and answered. Otherwise, I try to get to your questions uh, as I can see them and scroll through. We always appreciate you no know, spamming you. If you do choose to try to spam the chat or try to just act in a way that is just inappropriate, you will be meat hook and shell shocked uh, out of Rybackville forever. This show, guys, is brought to you by Feed Me More Nutrition, my premium supplement line, sweetened with stevia and monk fruit, no harmful artificial sweeteners and colors, vegan friendly for all people, he, she, and thee on feedmemore.com all this month. You still get a free bottle of our 123 Muscle Joint and Tendon uh, Support Formula, a $44.99 value. Yours absolutely free when you collect the free gift, and it'll be added to your cart absolutely free, free of charge on that, guys. And all new customers can save 30% discount code RYBACK30, RYBACK30 for first-time buyers on FeedMeMore.com. As well, returning customers can save 20% discount code Feed Me 20, Feed Me two zero. 0 along with the free gift. We're really, really hooking you up on Feed Me More Nutrition, all the Ryback merch. We'll have the Ryback South Park shirt hopefully available in the next week or two on the, on the sweaters, tank tops, the T-shirts and all of that. Very, very, very high-quality merchandise, guys. Drinkware, accessories, caps, everything that is the best way to show your support with the best supplements on the planet. On that, <clears throat> all right, let's get going. I'm enjoying a little bit of... Uh, I've got two scoops of the finish at BCAAs, and also I still have a little bit of my uh, wake up limited energy pink lemonade uh, that I was nursing all morning. I'll I'll take my time. I fill up, a, put a scoop in, fill the shaker all the way up. I'll drink about a quarter of it. I'll go. I'll fill it back up. I'll drink half of it. I'll fill it back up. I drank it all the way down to about a quarter left, and then added the BCAAs. And uh, I just enjoy just just kind of sipping on it throughout the early morning, doing my morning work. Emails, business, setting up business stuff throughout the week, and um, yeah, with that. But uh, I'll be in Baltimore this weekend for you guys also for the Cele- Baltimore Celeb Fest Six. Come on out! They're going to have Darren Young, Fred Rosser. We were in Nexus together. First time doing a signing with with, with Freddie there together. I believe we're going to be at the same with the same uh, Sorrentino promotions that that's bringing us out. So a good opportunity, maybe a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity with the two of us together, two Nexus members. The Nexus signings are always always uh, very rare, as I've not done a lot of things. I, early on, everything was his Ryback individually. This is his Ryback, but he will be there also. So I would imagine uh, for people, there's a lot of other wrestlers and people, celebrities that are going to be at this thing that I saw. It's a pretty, pretty big thing in Baltimore. So come on out, 10 to 2 p.m., on, uh, on this February 5th, this this upcoming Sunday. And uh, looking forward to uh, to seeing all of you out there. A rare appearance here with everything going on. Hello from Germany. Hello, hello. Yo, Ryback, what's going on? I'm not going to Florida, to Orlando anytime soon. I've not, all that you can change. I am going to be doing more things coming up, and, and hopefully we'll see. The goal is to get the shoulder, and, and while all this stuff is going on, uh, the legal stuff, we've got to wait for everything to wrap up with the Ryback trademark, and for me to get full possession of that, have all the documentation, all that. So legally, then then there's no issues whatsoever, and that, that's still a process that, that's playing out, uh, and it, it will be hopefully done, according to everything, June or sooner. We're hoping way sooner with this, and hopefully January, February, March. I'm hoping April, May to more like April. Really, really hoping to have have all that. But again, when you're dealing with this kind of stuff, the USPTO and there's just a process. This thing has got dragged out so so damn long with everything. But in that time, my goal is with my shoulder and getting it worked on constantly and, and breaking up this scar tissue for the back, so that I'm as explosive as ever and don't have you know. It's a very difficult process, but the, the, it's kind of like synced up together of like, well, I'm not doing anything anyways till this is over now. And then this needs to be better. And then from there, I could see booking wise, if I want to take a few matches, do a few few independent matches just to to, to get my bearings and to see where I'm at physically. Or or just do some training and, and make a call we'll see but I, i'm not doing that until i know where my shoulder and i know exactly where i'm at but in the meantime doing appearances and signings with that and now that i could travel on the weekends and have i've got no restrictions on the weekends anymore with the dogs and uh so they're, they're taken care of and um i'm able to to travel friday through sunday and that will that will open up doing a lot more things as I've had to just say no to things and no can't for years. And unless it was well in advance and I was able to kind of schedule something for the dogs with Sophie and everything. So it's uh, looking forward to doing some more and we'll see what happens. Uh, Good question. Santiago says, Hey, right back. How can I have bigger traps? Uh, Traps are to me are it's, it's, you've got to train them. You've got to train them. I think so many people neglect them and don't, 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 don't don't stimulate them enough to, to grow. Uh, I train them twice a week. They respond very well. And my traps always look better when I train them twice a week than when I train them once a week. And all my my top picks and where my traps were the biggest in WWE, I was hitting those hard twice a week for the most part. Uh and typically what and again, everyone's a little different. I've always found if I do two times a week, eight to ten sets twice a week, and I'll do one one day a little bit lighter and just focus on kind of squeezing. And then I do another day, a little heavier and never, I never, uh, now, especially these days with the shoulder, I don't, I don't even have to go super crazy heavy. I just really focus on my form and, and I I find they stay very, very good. And, but like, if I knew like, Hey, I'm going to be on TV in a month. I really like, I, I know from what I've done in the past, on how to really get those things to pop where I want them and, uh, and doing those twice a week. Cause I used to do them once a week. And I remember WWE. I remember I was really, I'm going to start doing them twice a week. I want to see how big I can get my traps <laughs> and cool. they, 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 they can get ridiculous. I, I, and again, genetics play a part in that some people don't genetically have good traps. I genetically have good traps on that, but I, I have to train them really hard still. And, uh, but I've always found twice a week and I, that's why I ordered, I have the hammer strength, uh, I have those hammer strength shrugs, the ground based one, because you could they have four weight holder plates on it where you can load a ridiculous amount of weight on them. I got one of them in my gym out, out there, and uh, and then I and that I've got these hooks, and then I do barbell work, I've got these dumbbell hooks so you can do dumbbell work with them. So I try to mix it up a little bit, but that that ground based hammer strength shrug, and they've got like seated versions at the gym. I know you've seen them if you go to the gym. Those are those are, are absolutely incredible for really really hitting the traps, and I, I love the way it feels, and, you know, Smith Machine shrugs are also very, very good. Those are really good lock you in, and, and, and I feel like that, that really gives a sharp look to your traps when you're when you're hitting them effectively, so twice a week. Again, you may, hey, maybe you're once a week, but I've done, I, for me, I've done once a week where I've gone like 16 to 18 sets. It's just so, I'm just like, this is too much, and it's like the traps, and they're not like, It's a smaller muscle group, right? Even though they could be big, but it's a smaller muscle group in comparison. So I've always found the two days, they can even get away doing like six sets twice a week if you really hit them, hit them hard, uh, or it's more beneficial than one big session. In my experience of what I've seen and going by the mirror, I'm like, I just, they just look a little better when I do them twice a week. Will I be having Melissa Marie on the show back anytime? Sure. We talk routinely. So we just, I live, you guys, I live, I live away from everything, man. I don't like, I, guys, I'm a very, like, I just like, I, this is why I don't, I don't like, I, she always these people like who want to collab with me. And like, I don't give it, like, I, I just say, I don't care. <laughs> Cause I, I go, I have my priorities in line. I don't care about going and meeting other people. And I know sometimes it would be better to do certain things. I'm like, but with my priorities are taking care of my dogs. And I live way, way up by the mountains away from everything. And uh, we're going into town is a is a bit of a venture and i just did nothing it, it, it's i'm like locked in with everything that i'm doing and uh and my goals and so but i'm sure at some point we, we've talked about doing something it's just a matter of, of her being free and you know she's always been great about coming up here she used to come up here for like a year and a half to do the podcast whenever we before i recorded in this format when we used to sit around in the kitchen on the old podcast I still have the damn things The the podcast got multiple of them for when I traveled the podcast recorders and uh, she used to come here and man, great, great times. It's just, but the, it's just a matter of getting everything all synced up. I will say also guys, we'll, we'll, we'll test it out. If you guys want to go live with me on this show. We're doing $25 super chats. If you want to be able to come on the show for, we'll say a minimum five minutes, it will probably be more than that, but that way you at least have an idea. If you have a specific question, you want to be on the Ryback show, you want to be on YouTube and you want to come on live. I could bring you up on the screen. Those are a $25 super chat as well. Really finding ways to monetize his show in every which way. If you see YouTube is not pushing out my content anymore and it's bad. And, uh, We've got, we're about to hit, I think we probably already hit 423,000 subscribers, and it's like no different than having 50 or 100,000 subscribers, which is, it's a very, very upsetting thing, and uh, I'm dealing with it. I think like Twitter's going to be fixed eventually. Elon, like, is working on the code. They said they, they clearly acknowledge that Twitter, they have like hidden codes suppressing and shadow banning people. I have no doubt. Like, I already know with everything in the letters that I have and like what I've been told. So my thing is just let everything that's gonna play out. That's gonna that's gonna hopefully get fixed. And then it's like YouTube, I'm gonna I'm gonna try contacting them again, like, hey, can you maybe tell me why my impressions are so low? But even though I've got really good analytics on like engagement and comments and I've hearted every comment. Find another creator, I've literally hearted every comment. With the app, and I've gone and be able to. I can do it very quickly. I'm very effective at this stuff because I want to give them no reason to suppress my channel. I go tell me another creator that has liked every YouTube comment they've ever made that they've ever had. According to that app, I've liked them all, outside of any new ones that have happened since I last I last liked them. And I'm like, that's as being as engaged and letting people know that you care and let you know what I mean. So we'll see what happens with everything here, but we're trying to find ways. That's why I want to start doing the daily show on here to try to try to find ways to let people know that, like, hey, we're here. The followers, you know, the the more uh, more content you do, the more likely that maybe more people will see it. So, that's the goal. I did not, I'm sorry, I did not see the the funeral of of Jay Briscoe, but I did see everything, and I saw part of the match that they did the the past week, and we talked about it on the show, and it's, I can't even imagine what all of them are are going through, but that's the best thing, too. Like, you can just keep them, keep their memory alive, and you know, I didn't know, I didn't know him, I I don't know his brother. We follow I followed their account, they follow each other on Twitter, but, you know, unfortunately I've been away from wrestling, you know, for years now with everything, and I'm sure I would have of uh, of uh, ran into them and done shows with them had I not stopped doing everything or not been injured, right? So but hopefully, yeah, I, I mean it it's like we said, it's just an absolutely horrible, beyond tragic, sad situation. And uh it seems that just he from what I saw last week held it together incredibly well. I can't imagine how, you know, go wrestle after Something like that literally just happened, you know. It, it, it's it's pretty surreal, crazy to even think about. Ryback, did you ever consider running your own promotion or own wrestling gym? No, I've, you guys, guys, I, we get asked that a lot on here. I feel like, and one it, it, wrestling schools historically or it's very difficult uh, to to monetize that on a on, and scale it really well. Um, now, again, you do like, I'm, I'm too busy to like, to run a wrestling school with that, but I also wouldn't want to take on like, I, I'm, I, I I'd, like pride myself on living a pretty stress-free life and being able to do things. Like I don't, like, I'm very good at controlling things that I can control and understanding things that I can't control and, I just see like, it's like the same thing with like opening a gym, opening a gym is, is a very difficult thing to, to, to turn into a moneymaker, but it's something, you know, passionate about those are, that's like something like that, you know, like look at like what Cody like did with kind of like the wrestling school in his gym. I guarantee you, he's put in far more money than he's made on any of that, but be in, those are very into, to, to, on, cause you're talking gym equipment, wrestling rings. Like the, the, the upfront cost is ridiculous, and, you know, you're charging just member monthly fees. And so it takes, and then you got to have business. You're looking at years and years and years to maybe even break even on top of your expenses every month on everything and repairs and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and dealing with people. And, uh, but that's one of those things that like, like down the road, like where just everything is in line. Oh, everything is in line. You've got people that could run it. And you go, you've got money to blow, and you're like, you know what? I love this. I want to be able to, to help, and then that's a different reason for doing it. But like for now, everything I'm doing is to make sure for for financial stability to continue to grow everything to get to a point to then maybe you know, hey, we got fu money here. We can we can put this in regardless of the outcome, and this is you know we're gonna do this, and I could pop in from time to time. You never say never on anything like that, but it's not something off off the on the top of my list right now. I'm having a very good day. Thank you, guys. I don't know. I bought the Hammer Strength. Somebody said Cincinnati sold you the Hammer Strength. I bought it from an eBay user who had one in absolutely fantastic condition. I've got like, it's, it's literally the same one from the gyms, that Hammer Strength and all like the LVACs and uh, some of the some of the EOS fitnesses out here EOS fitnesses and it's the but it's the same one as all the LVACs out here the Las Vegas Athletic Clubs it is it's white the white painted one it, it's very very nice super chat thank you very much from Papa Taco hell of a hell of a name Papa Taco Papa Taco Tuesday You think Kofi is done doing Rumble spots? So I did not. Did Kofi do a Rumble spot this year? I missed the beginning of the Rumble because I ran to the store. I told you guys I didn't know they were going to kick it off of the Rumble. I had it on ready to go. I go, I'll run to the store. By the time the first match gets going, I'll miss entrances and and whatnot and a little bit of the first match. Maybe I missed the first match, but I I just figured out I wanted to watch the Rumble in the main event, the men's Rumble in Maine with Roman. Those were the two things I, I wanted to see. And the pitch black, I wanted; I was curious about that as well. And uh, But it was the Rumble kicked it off, and I didn't get back until like number 12 or 13 was out there. I think Kofi might have already been gone. So I don't know, did Kofi do a spot out there on the Rumble? But my guess would be, creatively, it's a very difficult thing to keep that up every year and to try to outdo yourself. And, uh, you know, I think they had kind of a little bit of a mess up. Like Was it last year or the year prior? It's just, it's difficult. He's done so many things already out there and uh it's uh they're just creatively on that i mean how many things he's done so many cool things i know that one of the girls did a spot with the handstand and that was really cool and uh it, it but it, it sometimes expectations can get so out of control on stuff like what's he going to do this year it's almost like you have to bring in props to, to keep it going. Cause there's only so much there's the announce table. There's the chairs. They've done that. They've done the guardrails, right on that. The safety barriers, whatever you want to call them. So you're, you're starting, they've done, I think things where you got caught by somebody and, and thrown back in. Right. Or, so I think it's like, you've got to do things like that where, you know, it's it, somebody comes out on a, on a, on one of the, the little um, four wheelers. And this is just like, say there was somebody, a wrestler that had a four wheeler, and on their entrance, they're like driving around the ring and Kofi gets knocked out and lands on the four wheeler. That's a very easy thing, but it, it continues the thing of Kofi finding creative ways to stay in the rumble. It's just not not everything can be handstand on the guardrails and nip up this. And, you know, it's so you got to just try to find like creative ways. And again, just random. Somebody comes out on a horse. Even though I would, this, that would be not something to do to, to land on a horse like that by, with fans up by Ringside, but you see what I'm getting. Having props where where certain things are out there that he just happens to land on, that would be creatively the way I would approach it moving forward, rather than like, well, what can Kofi do physically? With with, with we just we've tapped we've used all our resources pretty much around the ring. Uh, Two extremes says Ryback. As big as you are, how do you maintain your abs to keep popping? I'm uh, 218 pounds and just don't get them. Uh, just can't get them to show the way I want them to. Any advice other than 2,000 crunches a day? Yeah, you don't have to do that. 2,000 crunches a day. That's going to one genetics play a part in this. Two, it comes down to having a clean diet consistently and uh, manipulating your carbohydrates. Uh, in keeping, like you said, I do a cheat, my cheat meal once a week on my one carb day, high carb day a week. And then I've kind of, my carbs are very low the remaining days, even though there's two of those days where my carbs are slightly a little higher on then on the really super low days. And then I've got about three or four really super low days strung together with all my training. In, in hard conditioning and cardio, and then then refueling and, and refilling those glycogen stores on Fridays usually with that. It's limiting your alcohol intake on that. If you if you're if you're a big alcohol drinker, which I I don't know if you are or not, but just giving you just different things that could affect that. With that because alcohol can really really slow down your metabolism specifically when you're drinking and the more frequently they drink the more often your metabolism is going to be slowed down with that and and more easy more likely to store body fat etc and then you got to train your abs hard but i'm a big believer in doing like the p90x the high rep i'm a really big believer because my abs look better doing that kind of thing along with weighted ab exercises and so what i'll do is i'll usually do like a p90x ab ripper x workout one week and i throw in a few weighted ab exercises at the end after it and then the following week i go more weighted ab exercises and i'll throw in a few high rep things at the end so each week i'm kind of getting both each week but with a focus of higher reps one week weights the next and then there's even times sometimes you do i used to do them twice a week and i go with i'm doing so many other things like when i do my burpees your burpees work your abs like crazy like if, you, if you're not, your abs aren't in shape, they'll cramp really bad on burpees because of the tuck. When you're popping up, you're doing a, a really aggressive tuck to, to pop up. And uh, so your core is being engaged on so many different things, deadlifts, different exercises. I'm using my core. So I'm like, man, if I just train these hard once a week, all well-rounded, and that's typically, you know, will help the muscles develop. But you've got to get that body fat down through through your diet and and a in a cardio conditioning program, you know, doing the sauna frequently a week helps helps keep that body water from, you know, flushing out toxins and things. There's so many different things, but you've got to do it consistently and and over time and I'm telling you, diet is like if I could quit training and just eat super clean, I will stay I'm going to lose muscle over time to a degree, but I would stay big and in shape still for the most part because but if I ate really bad, consistently and i stop training and i'm going over on my calories my body fat would increase i wouldn't look i wouldn't look nearly as good people can look absolutely fantastic if you have a clean clean diet even with minimal activity and so i think that's really important like we live in a day and age where all this food and the choices around us make it really really difficult and all the food tastes great we all there's no denying it but it's not what we are meant to be eating and it really, really wreaks havoc on our on our bodies, on our on our minds, and and how we physically look. Corey, this is a good question. If you didn't get injured, do you think you would be where Roman is now? So again, I'm not. Everything that has ever happened has been for my favor and benefit, and I want it. I wouldn't change anything because I'm super. I I've this journey has been crazy and. I, I truly believe it's not nowhere near over. Um, and, But I was in a very, regardless of everything going on and people, I was in a very good position. I got offered a lot of money, and I do believe, and again, that deal, if I would have signed that deal and signed everything over, say the injuries did not exist because that was the primary reason for leaving and getting injected with the drugs, and I knew I had to get out of there. It's the one thing that people just completely want to skip over and deny that, like it, it, which is the actual core of, of where everything. And then on top of that, there's all the other stuff. There there are the problems, the legal stuff going on, the creative stuff. There's all kinds of stuff within going on there politically. Blah, 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 blah. Trademarks. Oh, there was a lot of different things factored in with that. Uh, I think Roman was always going to be, he was being protected from the very beginning with them. And I think they were going to stick with that for as long as we saw. We've seen. How they stuck with it for years and despite what people would say maybe not working as, as well as is what it, it could have or with somebody else or whatnot right but it, it's working now and they, he's really coming to his own and so then you could say well they they saw something that maybe nobody else saw whatever but like so i don't think his position was going anywhere on that i just think that my journey would have continued i, I think like with vince on the handshake deal on the, on the money amount. And then with that, and in with that was the, the run with the, the whatever title at the time, but don't think the universal title was there yet. The WWE heavyweight championship thing. And that was what that all, and he's historically honored that for people that re-signed contracts. That was like the, the IC title. They put it on me to try to re-sign the contract. I didn't re-sign. They took it off of me with that. And then we finally down the road came to an agreement over something money wise, but not everything else. And then, Everything I was leaving, so I do think that there. If I would have stayed there and injuries weren't a thing, and I was able to fulfill another three years there, I think I make a lot of money, and I think I have runs with multiple championships during that period. There's, I, I don't think there's any denying that. And two, historically, the company people that that the time amount of time that would have been going on for years five, six, and seven that that would have been some more stuff despite everything going on, even with all the legal stuff, they still use me better than a lot of people with that. Right. So it's, uh, but I don't, I don't look at that and go, well, what if, what if, what if it was, there was, I needed a five disc fusion and shoulder replacement and they were pumping me full of drugs and not getting MRIs. And if I wouldn't have taken my health into my life, into my own control, I would have been forced to like literally have been forced to, to, Get a five disc fusion and probably a shoulder replacement. I wanted to been up to date. I wanted to got the information that I got on the stem cells. Most likely, I probably just would have went ahead with the surgeries and my career would have been over. I probably would have been could have probably still been around and relegated to a role as GM or something down the line. And I would have been miserable though. My physical life would have been over with it. I would not have been. I would not have. I would have felt like everything was ripped away from me far too young, which I still, it was in a way, but it, it I, I took control. I don't feel sorry for myself. I'm like, I've got so many cool, great things now out of this. And I know so much more and, and I've been blessed to get my health back. Right. So I don't ever look at it. Like would I have been in Roman spot? I, I don't, I wouldn't want it to have be, been in Roman spot. I want, I would have, you know, would have been in Ryback spot, whatever that spot would have been. And I had a very nice spot for a long time. Like I said, used on everything no matter how the booking was going, always was, was used. And, but that, that's, it, I don't ever look back at them. Like, what if, what if, what if everything was the way that it was meant to be. And like I said, everything that happens is for my favor and benefit As negative as something might look or seem. I always will find a positive and I will find a way. I've always been protected and I, I will, I will thrive. And sometimes things, cool stories take time. Like this story is absolutely badass. I would take this story now and what I've had to face and overcome is is so much better than if things just went good my whole career. (laughs) Because it's like now it's like, because it's for the things that I want to do, I got to prove my mindset with everything. And now, like we said, the main thing now is just getting the social media all sorted out and uh, get this shoulder where it needs to be. And everything's going to take care of itself all the lies, all the things that people try to push and this and that, it's just absolutely gonna, like, it will be shut down the moment I'm back. They know it will be shut down the moment I'm back, which is, it's because it, that's why I block it. I don't try to argue with people that say anything or like, just go, I know the truth. And I just saw too, Logan Paul did a little thing with Cody, they were talking about how toxic Twitter was. And he was like, well, people say things so many times in the lies, you could start believing your own lies. I've talked to you guys about this. I go, that's the whole point of why like WWE and stuff will push out lies is to try to get you to believe you know, it's like the things when people go, oh, You're, you're, I see people, God, Ryback's so dangerous. I just go, No, I'm not. Everyone that works with me knows I'm not. I know I'm not. I don't believe that because I have the experience of doing it and knowing on it. Okay. And so, like, anything that's why I can, like, just keep moving forward because I know, but uh, the, the human psychology wise, people can oftentimes, if enough people start believing in saying something, you will, like, well, it has to be true. And then you could start believing that. I've never fallen victim to that or pray to that like that's why I just I continue you nope you're not going to get a sorry for me this you guys f off you guys you guys want to believe the garbage you want to fill your time with that that trash go right ahead you know because I know the truth and so but we'll see what happens when the story and everything get back and uh the main thing is people are going to talk and say whatever they're going to want to talk and say regardless of what we do all I care about is being happy, taking care of my family, and just doing what I love to do and having fun. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how successful you are, what you do, people are going to talk trash. People are going to say you suck. People are going to say you don't deserve it. There's always a portion of people no matter what. So you might as well just do what you love and be happy and be content and be at peace. And that's why I don't put up with any of the the toxic online behavior with any of it. Because I know it's I live in the real world and I real world results. And I know who and what to listen to. All right. So. Hello, hello, going through your questions here. Uh, Yes, I've had conversations with Brock Lesnar. He's fantastic. I've talked about that multiple times. He used to use my uh, weight bands all the time because I had really heavy weight bands. So he always would like to use those to get pumped up when we were on the same TVs or pay-per-views with that. And He came and sat, I think this was in Pittsburgh. It was Pittsburgh, because I remember the catering. He uh, came and sat next to me. I was eating, I think I was eating a big plate of meat. And this was after he, this was, he was back and he'd had the diverticulitis, right? And he was, but he, I remember I I had my can of grizzly wintergreen sitting on the table because I typically, this was when I used to dip. I would eat my meal, rinse my mouth out and then put a dip in and, uh, and and relax with a dip in. When, When wasn't there a time I'd have a dip in but, uh, Brock was a dipper. I don't know if he still is, but he, uh. He sat and he was, oh, uh, Grizzly or something. And I go, yeah, yeah. What do you dip? He's like, oh, I think he said Copenhagen or something. I go, yeah, I love the the long cut Wintergreen. Uh, I, I can't do like the Copenhagen. I get that shit all in my teeth, and I'm just always the long cut. When I was always a long cut Wintergreen guy, and uh, so we got to talking. He goes, oh, you should eat more vegetables and salad. <laughs> and I did. It's funny. Oh, little do you know, Brock, I'm eventually going to go vegan, then very, very heavily plant based but I used to eat vegetables. I always ate them, but I never, there would be times in catering. I would just eat plates of meat and chicken. And I think that was one of those times I literally just had a plate of meat and chicken. And, uh, and he just saw that. He goes, so you should eat more salad and vegetables. <laughs> and, uh, and I go, no, I do. I go, "I'm just, uh. and then we beat on our chest and it made some more and then went about our way, our business. I always got along with him great though with all of that. Me and him never any issues or anything. I do not know if Stone Cold Steve Austin is coming back for WrestleMania. It seems like he's in really good shape though, so I don't know. Kofi crashed on a chair. Don't think it was a spot, nasty landing and he was eliminated. I'll have to go back and watch and I there's a good possibility that maybe they were trying to do something again and It just didn't go right, and he he was eliminated, which I'm sure they would account for regardless on that with those spots always being risky as they are. So as opposed to, like, if he was supposed to win, then you'd probably not be the best idea to do a super risky spot, right? But if you're not winning and it's like go for broke, if you don't get it, you don't get it. And uh, I'll have to watch and see what it was to see if I could tell if it was meant to happen or not. This is VHS Says I would actually love to see a rumble where everyone is eliminated before number 30 is announced. And all number 30 has to do is walk to the ring and win. That's actually not a, not a horrible idea. If you do that, the best way to do that would be with a heel that everyone absolutely despises. And, uh, there's a double elimination with the final, like the the final two guys in there, whoever's in there, just a mass elimination. Everyone's gone. And number 30, just walk, waltz right to the ring and and uh just gets in and, and is the winner. That would uh not not a horrible idea if you can get the right person for that and because people are gonna be pissed, right? People want to see, but uh I, I like that's not a horrible idea and I'm all for doing things that have never been done before. We've got a super chat coming up here. Let me see. Tyler, Sweet Sugar, Sugar Sugaru in the house. Top five gimmick matches: Royal Rumble, Two Steel Cage, Three Last Man Standing, Four, Three Stages of Hell, Five Tables, Ladders, and Chairs. Yeah, all great, great gimmick matches. Those are, I think, Royal Rumble's by far always been the most exciting, uh, fun, fun time with that. But all there's, I've been in, I've been in a TLC, I've been in the Three Stages of Hell, I've been in a Last Man Standing. I was in the TLC match with, with Daniel Bryan and uh, Kane versus The Shield. And also, I believe, a TLC match against CM Punk, if I'm not mistaken, on, on Raw for the championship. The Shield interfered in that. Three stages of hell, I was in with Cena. Last Man Standing, I was in Cena. We actually did Last Man Standing first, and then we did three stages of hell for the second pay-per-view. And then I've been in, I've been in four Royal Rumbles as well, I believe was it 4 or what, 13 14 yeah i was in 4 royal rumbles 13 14 15 to 16 on that uh, we've got the elimination match coming up walter every time i see your name now, now i think of, of of uh i think of gunther walter because uh, i still look at that guy as walter because that was his name which i actually like the name walter better than gunther but super chat did the show tough enough accurately assess one's skills for professional wrestling or was it purely for entertainment purposes? I would say it was, I mean, well, they, they picked people for the show who they think could become WWE superstars. One way shaper. And they had all their top people, John Laurinaitis, Al Snow, Bill DeMott. Uh, I remember Fit Finley. They, I mean, they had, Orin was probably there a couple of them at the, the different things. Uh, as well as WWE executives like John Laurinaitis. there was a guy Ty Bailey who was under him. These were the people that were, were kind of in charge of hiring. And them, that guy, Big, remember Big? He was uh, there. I had very nice, I always had a great relationship with Big. And um, it was uh, he always was really kind. He always said, He goes, Man, Vince, we have our own homegrown monster with you, which normally they would people come from the outside. He goes, it, It's just such a I remember that's when things were really good. It was he was really excited. And uh, with the way everything was was panning out, and you know, uh, but they that show during our thing, the tough enough, it was just for pure entertainment. Wrestling, we were training on our off time, or not on our off on the days not on TV, uh with Al Snow and Bill Demott at tracks in Stamford, Connecticut. And obviously, the training was really important, and they were giving feedback on where the people and guys were. But I mean, everyone was so early on; you're in the beginning. Everyone's literally outside of the Miz who'd had a little bit of experience, but everyone was pretty much starting from 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 ground zero, and uh, it was so. And, and then most of the people didn't make it, and then you know Miz, me, <clears throat> from that last show, the two that that had had great careers. Miz has had one of the the greatest careers, longevity wise, and. In, in, done amazing things done television stuff. Right. So he he's worked out so well for them in that Morrison, absolutely fantastic career with that from one of the other ones. And, but it, it, they, they got their money's worth on the people. They're just looking, you know, they get one, two, three people on those. Hell, if they even just had Ms. Out of all of that, they probably, they, 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 they more than made, that was more than worth any expenses that they had making those shows. So. And that's what they do. They used to always tell us in developmental, they had all these, they're paying all these developmental guys. They know the majority of the guys aren't going to make it. Do they want the majority of the guys not to make it? No, they want as many people to make it as possible, but they're looking for that, you know, those one or two people, you know, like you've got, you know, Roman came down there and Roman Liaki, Roman Leakey, Liaki. I remember, I remember watching one of his first matches when I was injured after my Nexus ankle stuff. I used to drive to the FCW uh, house shows, and go get rehab done on my ankle because the other guy didn't want to come to the training facility. So I'd go drive two, three hours to these shows, sometimes with my foot hanging out the window, no joke, to go do rehab and then to drive back two, three hours at night. And I'd go do rehab and I'd watch the shows to keep my mind sharp. And I remember seeing him very early on and uh, remember just thinking like, oh man, he's he's impressive for being that as early into it as he was uh, with that. And, and he was nowhere near the Roman Reigns that he is now, but it's cool. You can always just see. And it's it's funny and too, the the more that you do it. And you can see like what top WWE officials are just looking. They look for certain characteristics and traits and energy from certain people. And if you just get one or two people that are gonna, you know, they they the developmental pays for itself with a career like Roman Reigns ends up having because he makes the company so much money in so many different ways. And that's why they they they've they've got the formula down very well of what their expenses are and They've got everything in place to create superstars. And like I said, now we get more people coming out of developmental more than ever because they typically tend to just, that's how they, there's a lot of reasons for it, control and different things and grooming people and they want them to do it their way and they people come in through the system and they've got their own just funnel of, of, of talent, which more so than ever, whereas before, years prior, it would be people coming in that, that had not from within the company and so... Times have changed in that way, but they get their money's worth on all of that for sure. Ryback, who's heavier to lift Kali or Kane? Um, I would say Kali might be just a little more difficult because Kali with his legs, Kane, and Kane is very good with his body, but Kane's knees were, were quite bad, I remember as well. Guys like Kane, and, and it wasn't Kane and, and Kali, they. And with how tall they were too and the positioning they weren't able to really give a big jump if any at all so it was more just a, a good morning deadlift a good morning like squat pickup with those the, with the way that the the shell shock um but i feel like a member Kali maybe maybe slightly heavier i picked up kane a lot never any issues i mean we live events tv pay-per-view me and kane i was married to corporate kane for months and on, on, I wrestled him all across the world and on, on European tours. And, uh, man, I, I'm, forever grateful to, to Glenn, to Kane. He was, I mean, just a, a top notch professional and, um, always, 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 uh, enjoyed that I got to, to wrestle a guy that much and that, that I grew up watching. And he was, was always amazed physically how he, uh, despite all his injuries and different things, how well he, he, he trained and kept himself together, uh, over the years. Cause he was at one point and he still was throughout his whole career. He's always been a physical specimen cause he's very tall, but he's, he's very proportionate. He, uh, but he was like a power lifter back in his younger days. And we used to talk about that a little bit. Cause I was into all that and doing that and, and he talked about how he had to alter his training as time went on and which I understand completely now with everything and the way things work. And he, uh but he was always so much fun and so smart, man, on just life in general. And has a lot of just experience and a lot of different things. And he'd been around, he's been around there for, for a very long time. So that's why I always say I kind of got the, I had the, I wrestled and it was cool as it was. And I sometimes would, there would be things not frustrated, but it was. I wrestled a lot of the guys towards the end of their career. The the big show, Kane, Kali, Mark Henry. These guys were all at the very end of their careers, and I don't think any of us necessarily knew knew it. Like when, because you never know when the end is. But that was the end of their careers essentially. And and having these, so I I got to really, it was really cool in one sense that you're wrestling these guys and they're like essentially the, the very end of their career. But the other. The downfall of that is also though but they're more beat up and things you got to wrestle a little bit different and they're not they're not taking as many bumps and things nor should they with that because they got to protect themselves just to get to the next town and so it's a little different than when you're wrestling somebody who's 22 in the beginning of their career or in their 20s or early 30s compared to somebody who's at their very end who's also their physical giants right and I'm not a giant I'm I'm a, a big person I'm a big human but I'm not a giant but I'm strong enough to wrestle the Giants on that. So that's where the big, that was really cool because you pick them up, get them off their feet. Not a lot of people can do that. That's what created the interesting matchups with that. But I got paired with those guys a lot on live events. It's, no matter what I was doing on TV, I'd wrestled large guys on, on the house shows more often than not, because that was the match that was different than everything else. And the other downfall of that is it takes a physical toll on you doing that five nights a week, four nights a week, for years on end. And unfortunately with my stuff in the, it didn't, it didn't help matters with that, but you know, it was really cool experience nonetheless. Anything guys, you, any of the super chats, health, fitness, supplementation, life mindset, and pro wrestling. Tyler. Tyler. Sugar, we always talk about meat matches, but what about a match with all Giants? Big Show versus Great Khali versus Andre versus Giant Gonzalez versus Big Cass versus Omos. Oh, man. Tyler, you're going. Ah, Tyler, that's a. And with all those people. We'll say all those people in their primes. I would uh Tyler, I wouldn't want to be the producer, the agent for that match, or agents for that match. That is you're dealing with that is a very, very difficult match. You could do it, but you're dealing with guys that move that move very methodical, that can vary very at that size, the 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 the, the move set. And it, you're dealing with guys that are all very large. So picking guys up, a lot of those guys, as big as they are, do have trouble. Omos was probably your best bet for picking some of the guys up, and Big Show in his prime, obviously too. And Big Show was capable of. Big Show could do a lot in his prime. That's uh, I don't know that that that's a that's a really difficult matchup, Tyler. Really difficult matchup with it. But I'm gonna if I'm if that's everyone in their primes, I I, I I'm picking Big Show in all of that though. ask him something useful yeah you never know what the questions are going to be here uh on on the Ryback show you're allowed to talk about anything and do my best to try to answer based off my experience and things people tend to like to talk pro wrestling though a lot on here What's my take on Alberto Del Rio's WWE run? Uh, man, Alberto Del Rio, I, I talk about this frequently. Man, you talk about a guy that just bust his ass in the ring. He worked so hard. Watch him on live events. I I met, remember him going out there. I talked about it multiple times, him and Dolph Ziggler, or whoever he was wrestling. He would go out there, and when he was given time, they would go out there and just absolutely tear it up. And uh, he, he did. I always thought, I always liked his character. I, I loved him and. Ricardo Rodriguez together and I've got to wrestle them multiple times and uh and I got to wrestle him towards the very end before I left it was me and um Callisto doing the tours going in before our final two matchups we were together for a couple months and uh on one of the it was I think a show in I think it was Malaga Malaga Spain uh one of our final European tour shows I, I, I'm pretty sure it was Malaga Spain they they changed me and Kalisto up to me because something happened on the card and they needed to change one of the matches with Alberto and they put him in our match and made it a triple threat. So, which is kind of like at that stage, we had our match down and what we were doing and you, you when you're with somebody, like it, it's, you don't even have to talk before. you just like same, same and change some things up when you're out there. But it's like, but then when you get a new person in the match, you're like, oh, man, we got to put together a whole new match. <laughs> but it was fun. We and you know, Alberto hadn't worked in a while. And I remember Alberto, like the crowd was on fire for it. And he was, he was really, I remember he was really happy when we got backstage. Like he was like, I think it was better than he thought it was going to be. And uh, we all worked really well together out there. And I was heel and I think Kalisto baby. And I can't, I don't know if Alberto was baby too, maybe. I can't remember at that time. But it was man. It was uh, I always I always liked him. And he, but you know sometimes too. And he had, he's had things that's happened. And but he he's the type of person who will tell you how he feels. He's very honest. And oftentimes we see how people in this world and we see what wrestling. The oftentimes people can take people that are that are honest and not not they don't throw fluff. They're not be they don't they're not full of BS. And they you know and they try to kind of portray them in a, in a more negative light. Now, granted, he's had some things happen outside, which all people do with things, but I think he's man a hell of a pro wrestler. And I think he has a lot to offer still. I think it's just a matter of, you know, I don't know. He knows, he knows his worth. He's been paid a lot from WWE in the past too with that. But I think it's always, you know, whereas outside the outside part, uh, if, if his life, which everything I see, he he always see him with his family. He seems very happy and people make mistakes. And I think it, it's that we're all human and it, we can't let the people like the social media cancel culture them. We can't, you can't, you got to say F you to them. They don't control things. And you got to, they try to ruin people's lives and do things. I think with somebody like him, you look at it, if he's like shown, like, no, his life is, is, is doing well. And he's matured even more. And he's, he's offer a lot to pro wrestling and come back and can, can still make the company money and can still perform. Why not? Why not? But I think it's always a matter of, well, what are the outside problems going to be? Or, you know, it's, but I, I, don't, I think he's a guy that you, if he can hold it together and he's shown that he can, and he's always done good business when he's there under his contracts. You look at that's what I look at. Look, how's he done when he's been under contract? He's been great. So, what do we really have to worry about? I've always liked him. Hey, Ryback, is it true you used to throw skittles in your mouth? in the air to catch them in your mouth to impress the divas no that is not true i do i am not a big skittles eater even though i do have two bags of skittles in my uh food pantry that one of the uh the Instacart delivery drivers must have gave me somebody else's skittle order i had my 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 bags of food and i'm like what the hell are two bags of skittles but oftentimes they do shopping in bulk and they they get multiple purchases and uh cuz i've had things missing before i go ah they must have gave it to somebody else and then you get a refund on it but I randomly—that was just a couple weeks ago. That's what. So it's funny you bring that up. But no, unfortunately, that is not true. I did not used to throw skittles in, in the air to catch them in my mouth and to impress the the divas. <laughs> I don't know if that would have would have been very impressive, regardless of the outcome. Timmy G, The Rock, thank you for the super chat. The Rock and John Cena did a one year in advance scenario of when they eventually wrestled at WrestleMania 28. Is that too long for a match to happen in case of injury, change of plans or other commitments? Yeah. Well, anything could always happen in that year's time with that. But that's where, I mean, that, that WWE is built now where you could, you know, that like just so you, you know, like look at right now, everything going on with Cody coming back and then them continuing the Cody Rhodes story into the main event, into trying to fulfill his dream of becoming the first in his family to become, the, you know, the heavyweight champion, the universal champion, the undisputed champion—whatever you want to call it. This right now is the undisputed WWE champion with the two championships. You know, they—they even—they have to be. You know, is his pet gonna hold up to WrestleMania? He just had major surgery. Is in I was talked about this last show. I have no doubt. Like I'm pulling for Cody a thousand percent to to get this and to fulfill this, and because I've lived with him in the past, no, know, known him well, we traveled together for a bit in WWE early on. But, it's, but I know, because I know if that was me, I you would be pressured to, you want to make sure this is his opportunity. And he had that opportunity the last go around, and he got injured for the first time. He's never really been seriously injured. So now that mentally, now you've been seriously injured. And like a peck injury is pretty, that affects a lot of things because all your movements with that, so now I think WWE that I think that's one of the reasons they put him in a match right away outside the rumble is I think they're gonna want to test him early to make sure is everything gonna be okay. But so let's just say and Cody's going into that, but for whatever reason, God forbid, something happens, they will they are so good at pivoting in 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 you know, look at like Kofi when Kofi had his run. There was somebody, was it I can't remember, was it the Muhammad? Um I can't remember the name for the life of me. Uh one of the guys the something happened where he missed his opportunity and Kofi got hot and ended up winning the championship and having a run. You know, anything could happen with this and that and they, they are they are they are great at doing that. And but it's always a possibility that the longer out you book something, that the odds are that something could happen. You can't think like that though, you can't operate like that. But just the the from common sense standpoint, the further out you book something, The more odds there are that something could happen between them and the time of the actual match, right, with that. So it's – but, yeah, doing those things that far out, you know, it's like say they were going to go the Rock this year and then say say that was the game plan all along and then the Rock fell through. Well, it's like, okay, Cody, maybe that wasn't the original thing. Maybe the Cody thing was, well, we're going to now continue on with the Cody thing. People we never know the difference. They are so good at just finding something and, and then you can create a story out of it. And if it's for their main storyline, they will find a story because they always are very good at having a story for their for their for their main stuff up there. Not as good for everything else, but for the main stuff, they typically always always have some sort of story. I think I have another uh, super chat. Joe Carrillo. Carrillo Carrillo. Will you make one more run maybe at AEW? Again, yes, we just I just talked about this earlier in the show. Goals, is get the shoulder healthy and everything. We'll get the, the all the documentation for the Ryback trademark and the process will begin with that. And we will see what the options are. We'll see where business can be done. And I just it's not over. It never has been over. Don't listen to anything online. Nothing. Like, I've had people email asking, like, different thing. I go, I'm not wrestling right now. It just, and it's, it, I, it, I don't, I don't, like, I, the, the severity of all this has just gone completely over everyone's heads. And that's fine. I know what's going on. I know where I am. I know what needs to be done. I know where I need to be. I know physically, like, I, I will never half-ass anything. It's all, it's not over. Okay? If it is over, I'll tell you. I'll be like, you guys, it's over. It is over. Guys, I am going to officially retire. It's over. I will tell you, it is not over, though. I swear to God, and I promise you, it is not over. (laughs) I have not done what I have done to get myself to where I've gotten myself to then just say, oh, it's over. It is not over, not by a a long shot. So I've never felt better physically either with all of this. So this is – I got a comment yesterday in Block, but somebody—it's people. they had—they had, they had no followers. They just created another Instagram account. They—they they created it to tell me on one of my posts. They go, "You used to wrestle for the most respected, biggest company in the entire world, and now you've turned into an old man just sharing memes." <laughs> and I go, oh, "That's that's a little harsh, there, pal." That the, the post that he was had had thousands and thousands of likes and people, everybody laughing, having a good time, and then. Little old Jeffrey had to come in and, and try to ruin the party, which just blocked, gone, and like with that. And because uh, clearly I'd pissed him off on another account at some point in time. And he was like, I'm going to show Ryback. I'm going to make a brand new post with zero followers and zero post and no profile image. And I'm going to call him an old man and say he's sharing memes and he is absolutely nothing with that. And then I was just, you know, but it is what it is. What are you going to do? Was a, uh, I've got my own business and company and live a pretty cool life. But, you know, hey, what do I know? Mustafa Ali, thank you very much. I don't know why I'm saying Muhammad. <laughs> Mustafa Ali, thank you for that. That was the co- in reference to the Kofi stuff. uh images says hey rye front are you still relevant it depends where you ask tiktok the most followed pro wrestler behind the most electrifying man in sports entertainment the rock i've got about half a million more followers than john cena on there still and uh, which he is going pretty hot but they've been restricting my account doing stuff and kicked me off the creator fund but i would say even if cena passes me which is in good likelihood he will if they keep up what they're doing with my account with that and because he's with everything going on but still out of everyone, one of the most followed pro wrestlers right now, number two behind behind the rock on there. Um, I would say extremely relevant with that. The And then the other stuff going on on social media, I've still overall, if you add social media followers, I've got one of the highest social media follower counts in all of pro wrestling of all the talent with that. I would say, yes, still relevant. Now, certain platforms like Twitter, I can't do anything to be seen. Am I relevant on Twitter? Not, not, with the way everything is set up but you know do i get recognized where i go places and different things yeah yeah a lot still but am i involved in any storylines am i doing that on tv so am i relevant to pro wrestling fans that are watching tv every week probably not probably very few with that but for the ones that follow but luckily this will never ever bother me when people go oh, you're not relevant i'm like what does that even like i'm ha- i own a business i'm happy I'm not trying to be on TV and be relevant on TV. I'm relevant with the things that I do. I'm relevant on Instagram on certain things when I make posts and get people and can be seen by hundreds of thousands of people, get seen by millions of people every every month on there. Still relevant in that, that that's that's being relevant. You know, I have a business, I have customers, I have people that do things, like, I'm very relevant in, in that, you know, do this show, the people that watch the show, I'm relevant to the people that watch this show but am I, am I on Monday night raw or AEW dynamite or rampage or Friday night SmackDown? No, I'm not. And I'm not, that's okay tonight. I walked away from that and I knew what it was going to be to, and I like shut down and got myself better. And I don't, you, you don't need, that doesn't determine the happiness in life. That doesn't determine success in life or anything when you've got your head screwed on straight and you've got your, your values and your life values in order and, you know, now to outside people, you may, well, you're not relevant. You're not on TV. Okay, I'm not relevant to you. I don't care what you think. I don't. I don't wake up and, and try to live my life based off of what somebody I don't know thinks on that. Right? And I think that's really, really important. But hey, even when I tell you when I go back, what you know, what's going to happen to go back? Just do what I love. And be happy because there's going to be people that are going to. They're going to all. The, they're going to. They'll be seen again so there's going to be people that will be flooding in love and then the hate and the oh he's just back to injure more people oh he's got he's so dangerous or oh god I, he's such a bad attitude oh god this oh that god he just sucks so bad botch back oh my god like they're just it's just gonna be the same and then it's gonna be you're the greatest i love you oh my god you're so inspirational i love everything that you put up you're so positive I literally still get all of this stuff. It's just when you go back to that, it could be more based off whatever audience is watching you on, on whatever else too. And that's where you see it with anybody who's look at Tom Brady, look at anybody, you know, Aaron Rodgers, look at any football player, any quarterback that are great. They're getting told they suck on a daily basis by people. These are like, you know what I mean? And it doesn't matter. You look at anybody, Tiger Woods, people are criticizing and attacking him for a million different things. The people call you washed up people. I've already dealt with all of this. I've already lived. So when I see a little 14 year old go, bro, right back's washed. I'm just like, bro, you came out of the the womb washed. Like you don't even know what success looks like. And it doesn't matter. Just throw it away. Just keep doing what you love and do because there'll be love and support along that way. And there's going to be hate and criticism and negativity along that way. Even here, I've been off TV going on. It'll be seven years in May. Still people absolutely obsess over me on social media. For stuff that happened, or they think that happened, or they want to believe that happened, or that they know that happened, like it's. It, it, so you just got to be happy, do what you do, and live life, and you know that's it. Super chat. Ryback, Tyler, Sweet Sugar, Sugar, Sugaroo. Ryback. Who would you say is the top four biggest names of all time? I'm going with Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold, The Rock, The Undertaker. Very difficult, man. I don't know. I think that question, too, is everyone's going to have a, have an answer on that. And I don't think it's – man, pro wrestling is – there's so many people that are just – everyone that's done it has contributed greatly. And who's played the four biggest roles in pro wrestling is how I would phrase it with that. And I, I think those four names are all all are going to be on a lot of people's list on that. You know, I think some people are going to have Ric Flair on there but I, I don't look, I don't know. I I don't ever, like, I don't have a, a Mount Rushmore. Like I don't view it as, is. As, as, as I like, I don't view it the same way as a lot of people, you know, I mean? you can say, well, who's the most instrumental, you know, figures that got you into pro wrestling. And I'd have to go back and really think about that. And, and then form a form an answer on that on from when I was young, that really maybe motivated me to want to get into pro wrestling. I would definitely say, I would say, I would say Austin for my age, Austin, Austin, uh Austin, Triple H Austin, Rock was in that period. But then going back younger, Razor and Diesel, Nash and Hall, very, very uh instrumental on me wanting to get into pro wrestling. So it's like it's 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 very difficult. And there's a lot of people. I remember being really young and absolutely just British bulldog thought he was amazing loved his, just the way that he looked and the way that he wrestled I always have loved dogs I loved it he was a British bulldog like you know so there's just there's so many little things but I don't know the four biggest I think you just have to look at it and just go well who was the most instrumental and who you know made the most money but too you got to look at like why those guys got in the business who came before you know the Bruno Sammartinos and you know, Bob Backland, like so many guys, every generation influences the next generation to get into it. And you got to be respectful. And, but the further we get away, you know, we're going to get to a period where rock and and Hogan and Austin and undertaker, you know, if pro wrestling is around, if the world is around in a hundred years, 200 years, those names get talked about less and less and less still can be brought up and remembered, especially within this, in the digital age. And, with technology and, and having videos of everything and, and that things can go viral far past when somebody has gone and, and whatnot. But I just think that like the, the further you get away from a time period, they, they get talked about less and less and less overall, because there's so many other people that have come along and times change. And so like, imagine, I don't, what the what's the conversation of pro wrestling going to be in a hundred years or 200 years? Is it going to even exist? Are we all going to be half robot, half, half, with chips implanted in us with AI and it's going to be entirely different. This is all very, very likely impossible, by the way. So are we, are humans no longer going to, are humans going to be slaves to robots and it's just going to be robots pro wrestling and the human era is done the way things are going. That wouldn't shock me with it. Right. I don't know. So, but those four names, I would not, I would not argue with you on at all. I previously said that you're my 12th favorite wrestler. Uh, Roman is my 13th and Sheamus is 14th. Oh man, I, I tell you, uh, to be ahead of those two guys and, and to not be wrestling and to still be ahead of them, I greatly appreciate being number 12 I'm curious who the other 11 ahead of me are though, you son of a, son of a gun. Anthony, thank you very much for the kind words of keeping up this show. And uh, we're going to be doing these a lot more often. I enjoy doing them and talking to you guys and uh, trying to just uh, answer the questions as I see them and and help you guys out. And let me see here. I worked with Bray Wyatt a lot on live events and we did one program together on TV and pay-per-view where Bray Wyatt, it typically the formula was I would go over on the live events and then he went over on he went over on on TV and pay-per-view, but I also went over on one pay-per-view and the six-man tag against the Wyatt when I was with Kane and Big Show as well if I'm not mistaken. I'm not that was Fastlane. That was one of the, when I switched to the trunks. <clears throat> Booking was really crazy during that period. Sami Zayn is more over than Cody in the storyline. Yeah, I'll tell you, they're going to have their... A very interesting thing going on. Mike, and I talked about this. I personally, and what I saw people saying is they think it's going to be... I think they're going to do Sami versus Roman at the Elimination Chamber. And then uh, maybe I would guess for Mania, maybe it will be Sammy and KO versus the Usos for the undisputed tag team championships or for a pair of the belts maybe, or did they lose a pair of them already? And maybe for the other, for whatever ones they're holding on to. Um, And then Roman versus Cody. So, which again, for those guys, everyone's going to be in a big mania match. That's all you can ask for. It's because I'm telling you, there's so many things involved on, on getting on mania and it's not an easy task. And it is they, everyone, everyone wants to be on. Everyone wants to be featured. Everyone works all year long. Like, it is really a really it for everyone involved and the company knows. And so they, they try to take care of the guys that, for the most part that really, that, that have really that, that put in their time and energy and Sammy and them with, with everything going on have been the focal point for, for the bulk of the year. Right. So, um, but I, I tell you, I, I do. I think, I think the response, if, if, if Sammy gets screwed out of something and something happens at Elimination Chamber and, you know, but the storyline's not over, you know, then I, I think if they were to to put Sammy in that main event with Cody, I think he's still the heavy favorite. I think Sammy gets cheered over Cody because the storyline is so strong and Cody's been out. But the story, Cody's story, I was saying, could have been continued past this natural organically should have let Sammy and Roman been the main event at Mania based off of what we've been invested in. That's been our biggest storyline all year. Right? So why wouldn't you want to see that happen? Because that's where the story is. But now we're we're kind of like, well, this story was what we wanted to kind of do, or maybe the rock thing fell through. So this thing is getting put in now. And I said, I I thought Sammy, what I talked about last week was, I thought Roman should have tested Sammy further before they went through. I thought they should have prolonged this as long as possible is Roman makes Sammy go number one in the rumble to prove that he, that he needs to win it to prove his loyalty and love to the bloodline with this, which is such an almost impossible task, right? But Sammy somehow pulls it off and wins the rumble. And in doing so, Roman knows Sammy then would not, would not challenge Roman for WrestleMania because his loyalty is to the bloodline and he would not want to do anything. That's what I thought the the story should have been. And then teasing that Sammy being conflicted on, is he going to give up his championship right at WrestleMania against Roman and then build this up, do the turn before mania, weeks before mania, a month before mania, however, you're going to do it. And though Sammy goes, no, I'm, this has been my dream. And then you have Roman versus Sammy they just chose not to go that way. That would have been a suggestion I would have had, and I talked about it last week, because everything has is, is been built into this. But they have a different game plan, and, and I'm sure it's still going to be great and whatnot. But I understand with people like the Cody thing could feel this is now interrupting your your big storyline, and it's Cody's storyline as well with his, right? But we're going to have to see how the, how the fans and how the people, how they take to it. Right now, they're with it. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Because if the Sammy stuff keeps going, but WWE is also very good at they can downplay the Sammy stuff and, and they'll get it over at Elimination Chamber and and they'll move away from it and put all the focus on Roman and Cody. So, which is which it should be if that's the direction that they're going, which it appears it is. looking here I think I missed a 99 cent super chat let me see Aaron thank you very much for the super sticker buddy greatly greatly appreciate the support I'll see if I can, can see on here where that was yeah Sammy versus Roman in Montreal elimination chamber that will be crazy WWE, though, historically talent in their hometown, not worked out well. I think Logan Paul, uh, I think Logan Paul has done a fantastic job at, at everything he's done with the WWE thus far. Have I seen Dana White's Power Slap series yet? Yeah, yeah uh, I've seen the clips of it. And I'm, I'm with a lot of other people of, man. I, I actually, one of the girls, I know I, I was familiar with one of the women that did it. The girl that got knocked out and did a somersault. I believe she lives in Vegas, this fitness chick. Um, And then just, you see like the guy, you saw the one with the guy's face all blown up. Like that should have been stopped. Like, I think this is, and I don't know how they didn't think about this, or how they think it's going to be able to. Like, I don't think it's a great idea. Do I think there's money in it? Yes, there's always money in something like that. But it's like it, it, I saw was it Chris Nowinski that made a, a, a Twitter comment? Like he's like, "Dana, what's next? Like let's uh, let guys kick each other in the nuts over and over." But we, why don't we do that? Because we know that will cause permanent damage. To you're, you're going to have ruptured testicles. You are going have people that wouldn't be able to be uh, reproduce. Like there's going to be There's just it's not a good idea to do that. Right. This is the same concept of that. It's not a good idea to let people slap each other in the face as hard as they can over and over and over again for money, which, by the way, I saw what they were paying those people like the people. I think the people are getting like two thousand dollars, maybe I bet you there's people getting less per match for that. Do you understand, like the damage that's being done, the the, the concussions, the CTE that's going to set in by getting you're not you can't defend yourself. There is skill in being able to slap harder with that, with that, but you cannot defend yourself outside of neck training, which I put on Twitter. Everybody should be doing significant neck training on that and high endurance cardio, because the, the better your cardio, the better your chin typically is in fighting with that. But this is different in the sense that you're just straight up getting rocked, and but they're in the, like the, this the way. It over and over and over again and you look at these people you know like i've got big hands and you look at guys he's got some very really really burly people with big heavy 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 hands and like then to slapping the other thing is there's no way like i've had my eardrum busted from being slapped in pro wrestling and it gave me problems for years until i got fixed with that but like you got people you can get your eardrum busted very very easily if a slap is just slightly off with that which there's no guarantees and like, so just alone in medical costs for people, nobody's going to be making enough money and have a long enough career to really be set. Nobody on any of this stuff. So just the people doing it, it's like, what are you doing it for? If it's like, if some, one thing, if you had to have money and somebody, it's an emergency. This is the only way. I've got to get ten thousand dollars. I got to go. The Happy Gilmore. You've got to go win this tournament to save your your grandmother's house scenario. But but like outside of, it's still just a horrible idea. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't see the long term. I don't see. I don't know how it got approved on, on on the stage that it did. And do I think there's an audience for it? Absolutely. The videos do tremendous views online, but it, it's it the damage you're you're doing to yourself. You are getting rocked every single time. Every, even if you don't get knocked out, you're fine. You're getting rocked. So you're looking at a whole new like you know we do all this stuff for the NFL. We try to take all these precautions. We try to improve the the, the technology. We try to improve the helmets. We try to improve the, the 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 protocol and the strategy in place. If a player gets rocked, we try to have precautions put in there and things that they got to do in testing. They got to do WWE has has concussion protocol testing things. We try to learn and improve, and then we're going to go. Yeah, but this let's just let them just completely jack each other up. It doesn't really make sense to me how that is is, we're going that route with it i think a lot of people have spoken up and a lot more going to continue to speak up i wouldn't be shocked if he folds that sooner than later to avoid the trouble that he's going to have far later with it i think they just they just stick with 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 ufc and, and that's it personally but not my business not my company India. Thank you for watching. I've been there multiple times. How are you? Uncle Ryback. I'm not uncle. Howdy, uncle Ryback. <laughs> uh, how tough is it? Putting a Royal rumble uh, together, A rumble together. I've heard people say it's very easy and I've heard it's very tough. Uh, yeah. I've been a part of, of a lot. I've been a lot in a lot of battle royals. Um, it can be very easy. Royal Rumbles are typically, they're more, so everyone gets, you get, has your number. You there you got to get everyone into a big room. And these are all the Rumbles I've been a part of. And you everyone has to know who's getting eliminated. And then you need, you have a, the more time you have to get with people to try to come up with spots, the better. Unfortunately, I've been a part of Rumbles where there's, it was put together while well, like two matches before we were set to go out. Like it was not even now, nowhere near finalized, and nowhere, nobody knew what was going on. So, like, there's certain rumbles that are more like where the people don't have as much time to to plan stuff out. But there's it, kind of if you're a pro wrestler, you you work the corners, you chop meat, you 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 try to get guys out, and, and you work the ropes, and you you know what I mean. There's just a, a strategy that you know and you learn you know, you, you, you're selling at different points and the better you get, the more you realize that you could just lay there and sell in different scenarios. And then boom, to sell up and get a couple shots on a guy, tell him to, to cut you off and give you a big shot and take a bump and roll under the ropes. And you could do different things. And then you're working in, on the ropes, getting back into the ring. And like, it doesn't need to be planned out that significantly outside of the eliminations, but like, you know, like a spot, like the Logan Paul ricochet, you can't, Put that together for the most part, unless that's something that you have you have talked about in advance, where everybody else knows to stay small and to let that's the action, everything that's the focal point. Those are the kind of things that need to be right, which again, that spot alone saved that rumble. I thought made it even a lot more exciting and it added a lot of a lot of value to it. But and you can't, you don't want too many of those kinds of spots, right? But you want to have a, a, a certain balance of it in a royal rumble, as opposed to like a battle royal on raw. Then if you don't have to have it as much planned, the out the story is get that guy at the end because it's to progress to a storyline for a matchup or something. With that, you don't need you don't need a ton of high spots and something like that. But the Royal Rumble, the expectations are a bit higher. It's one of the more exciting pay per views of the year, typically. So you want as much time. And it, honestly, it, they're easy if you have time. They're difficult if you don't have time. And I've been on both ends of those. So it, the answer is both depending on who you're talking to. But that's the one factor and why they're easy or tough is typically the amount of time that you have to get ready for it. Does that make sense? Hello from India again. Thank you. I'm looking at the super chat here, guys. I don't know if Nia Jax is is, is going to have anything to do with the bloodline. I don't know. I'm I'm not sure on all of that. All right, Max. Thank you for the super chat. What's up, big guy? Why do you think some veteran wrestlers and managers like Cornette are so when they exit are so when they exit the business they need to read the secret? I assume you're saying negative, right? Probably, Max why managers like Cornette are so negative when they exit the business. <clears throat> so I do think like, and I've talked about this with, with Jim and other people, I think they, they, they do make good and people that have, are in the business. They make points that are very valid at times, oftentimes, but like someone like Jim and I've been where he's done it to me and still, cause he gets a lot of views on it is where he criticizes in a negative way and attacking and, and takes personal shots at people and flat out just makes up lies. And, it, and all he's doing is just making, getting, he plays to a certain portion of pe- people that, that feed off of that energy, that the drama and the negativity. And he's not involved in the business. So he really has no repercussions of caring or worrying about, he doesn't intend to go work for any of these promotions anymore, right? So he's not really too worried about what anyone thinks. He's like, oh, I'm just going to make my money doing this. And whereas I view it a little bit more, but like, but man, you could contribute so much more if you put things in a, you could still make your points. But you could do so in a way that doesn't personally attack people publicly, because like, nobody wants. What do you think? You you, you you could critique on the show, but you call them ten different names in, in the span of a minute, and then you you, you just completely belittle them and, and talk down to them, and like that like you're superior when you never even did it. You never even were a wrestler, right? And I think that's where the, the, there's people like I'm not. F this guy, you block him. And that's what I blocked him years ago. Going to do my thing. Like, I already know he lies. I, the things he talks about, I go, he, I know. Cause it's deals with me. I know what the truth is. I'm like, all right, that's the route, whatever gone and do your thing. And you know, best of luck to you. But I think they can contribute so much more if they take their experience and they pass it down in a more beneficial way. Hey, why, like why again, they're just, you're making content, like to make content and to, to do things. Like if you're going to give a public suggestion It's just human psychology. You want to more often than not, if you truly love the business and you want to help the business, why not relay that information in in a beneficial way as possible so that the talent would be more receptive to to receiving it, right? Nobody, it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong on that, but if you, you know, somebody does something that you don't agree with psychology-wise and then... You talk about the thing in their match, but you just attack them the whole time and say how horrible of a human being they are. And you make fun of the way they look or this and that. And then the point is completely gone now. Nobody's listening to the point anymore. Now you've made it personal. It's like, man, what's wrong with you? Like, you wouldn't do that in person. Why are you going to do that on the thing, man? And that's where the disconnect is from current talent and to, to former talent on things is there is a a way to relay and I try to do this as good as possible. Whenever I talk about somebody, if I even I'll tell you, if there's certain things I I like and I don't like, and I've talked about, remember the Brian cage stuff with Wardlow. I thought it was absolutely the way that no sold certain things. I felt like I still try to portray it in a way where I'm not just going off on the guy and then attacking this and that and that and that right. And and try, and and maybe I do it better on certain things than others, but I know it, no one's going to be receptive to the information if it's a personal attack on them as a human being and, or what they believe in or how they live their life. And I think that's the real disconnect on that. And he probably doesn't care. It clearly doesn't. And it is what it is. It's not, I just live my life. I try to do the best and you know, right. But I have fully have intentions of wanting to be involved in the business when I'm healthy and, and being back. And I understand. And, and to some of this comes with maturity and with time and age and the different things that I've learned and read and experienced that, no matter what field that you're in, though, that you know, if you're trying to to, to get a point across, you, there's a way to do it that that works in a way that doesn't. And that's what I believe in. <clears throat> India, thank you. I ask you not to spam the chat, India. India, we're just going to put you in a timeout because I don't think you have ill intentions. But if you continue to spam the chat after India, I'm gonna have to to shell shock you out. Oh, and you did a lot of spamming right there, a lot of spamming. Well, you're in timeout right now, India, so you're gonna have an opportunity to come back into Rybackville, and we'll see how you how you choose to uh, how you choose to uh, conduct yourself when you're back. Edwin R, thank you for the super chat. Did you wrestle in school? I did not. I did not wrestle. I was a soccer, baseball, football guy for the most part all my life. Always loved professional wrestling from a young age. I don't have any funny stories about Natty. Uh, the only thing I could say is anytime I ever saw her in the gym, she was on her phone. <laughs> like legit. She'd be on the treadmill, like on her phone, though. I Because I remember seeing her, and that's just a handful of times, that no matter what, if I went to a gym and, and she was there, if her and Tyson was there, she was 1,000% on her phone. <laughs> and that was many years ago. So I guess if that's funny or not to you, I don't know. But that's just one thing that popped in my head when I when I hear her name. Hello, hello, hello. I appreciate all the love and support over on TikTok. Joining the live, everybody, too, on on Instagram. If you could swing over to Ryback TV, subscribe. I think we just hit 423,000 subscribers on YouTube. We're at 3.5 million on TikTok and 1.5 million on Instagram, which is used to be at 1.7, how that's gone down whatever, still beyond me. But uh what was it like, feed me says what was it like working with John Cena? Uh John, I always I learned a lot working with John. And uh he chose he does business a little differently than than how I would do business. And um but and uh his his approach people that like I said we had Issues at different times. Not nothing really too significant, but it was always stuff in how he chose to talk and act. And he he had some temper tantrums, and which I was not the only one that witnessed. So that's why I, and I, it's the, the people that know know. But uh, you know, he, he enjoyed being in that top spot and he made sure that he he liked to stay in that top spot with that. But in the ring, I always it was always always a pleasure wrestling him in the ring. And as time went on there. Outside of our initial run, I would say things improved and had had more decent conversations. And I think, uh, and he's, I've talked about the things that he told me down the road. And you know, I wish him all the best. I think pro wrestling it's a very political, difficult business, and the way that I, people aren't going to always view things the way that I view them. They're not privy to the information that I've learned and read from. And I'm, I come from a very competitive, real life sports background, but I don't believe in trying to ever do anything to hurt another person. I would rather just try to improve myself and and John very hard worker and things. But I think there's when you're dealing at that end of the things at that amount of money, um, it's very, very political and it's just the way that it is. And like I said, punk handled business completely different than Cena did in a way worse way. And there's levels to all of this. And but John, John always backed up everything and and worked very hard. And uh, I learned a lot from him in the ring. So. Mass metal. Thank you for the super chat. You ever have any current or former talent on the show would be cool to see you talk shop with other pro wrestlers. Yeah. So this show used to be nothing but interviews. This show taken on multiple formats. It used to be you know, the initial early on one. Uh, and then it was the me and Phoenix Marie for about a year and a half, two years. And then there was another version with me and a couple other people that would join the show. And then I, I did interviews for a long time for a good portion Maybe I think that was a two-year stretch of doing interviews where I had a lot, a lot of the shows and a lot of people on here from all different walks of life and um, pro wrestlers as well. And and then it was—I've had issues with everything and running my business and me getting my health in order and scheduling people and people canceling. It was becoming more. It was just more me. Be I—I got sick of the BS and that's because it. it like if somebody, you know, because people, things happen though. That's the problem where you were to rely on other people that if they don't come through on their end, then it can really mess up the different things. And with how busy I was, I was like, I'm just sick of dealing with this for the time being. And I go, what can I do for a show? I go, well, having my supplement line in health and fitness, why not let the people answer questions from the people and let you guys be the co-host essentially of the show, ask the questions that you genuinely, genuinely want answered, right, on that and then have direct feedback. And also, though, that is, is the best way because it's not just all wrestling, you can have health and fitness and supplementation and different things that I know, life and, and make it a more, more well-rounded show on that end. But I'm all for, I'm not against. And at some point, I, I've talked about this. There will be people on the show occasionally. It's not something I want to do every week with the with the scheduling and whatnot. But it's like, hey, if I'm going through my week and talking to a wrestler and like, they, hey, do you want to knock out a podcast, very easy to do it with how I do it. And I could, it's very simple. So at some point, yeah, I'm just choosing to do this because with how busy I am in my day, this is the best way to put out my content and to talk to you guys directly with it. And, and to keep my schedule in order with things. Whereas I had people, they'd be like, they canceled multiple times, can you move it back a couple hours on the day of, I'm like, no, like, I don't like, I've never done that to anybody and I know things happen and if you have to cancel, but it's like, haven't, it, it just started happening to where it was like, I go, I'm not dealing with this headache anymore. Cause I don't, because I don't have to. Right. So, but I, I, man, I've had great people on here and I still want to, I like talking to people, but I do think it. there's nobody that does this format particularly like this. And on a wrestling, all the wrestling podcasts, I have stories from my era and my time, but like, it'd be very easy to get a co-host and like that, but that we did a little bit before prior. It's just a pain in the ass scheduling and setting up where like when I'm in control, I go, I can do my morning show. Even if I'm 15, 30 minutes, an hour from when I normally do it, I can do it based around what my schedule is. And it's very efficient and easy for me to do and to, to have contact with you guys. And again, it's one-on-one direct contact. I have a lot of people with feed me more nutrition that have questions, to answer things. And it allows me to talk to my customers and fans directly on a more consistent basis, but I'm with you on the, on the guest. I, I get it. And it will, I I, I do think it, it's, that's all stuff too. Like back wrestling, you know, like I'm going to Baltimore this next weekend, I'm getting them, I'm getting a car. I was like, I got to book a car. And, uh, Freddie's out there. There's a bunch of wrestlers. I'm going to try to try to knock out a feeding time, maybe uh Saturday night or Sunday morning before the event. See if I can knock out a feeding time with, with somebody and, uh, and I'm going to bring my dash cam for the car and uh, like, just cause I can, I'm around people to not to do it. I go, oh, that make cool feeding time with, with a guest for the upcoming week. Right. If I can get it done. So that's like kind of, you know, right now I've got everything and just business focus on health and get back to a position, all that stuff. I, I've got all this stuff available to have people on whatever. Right. So I'm, I'm not worried about it. And that will be at some point in time to answer your question though in a long, long version of talking. Appreciate all the love and support on the super chats with you guys. Yes, yeah, so Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu says, I love the UFC athletes, but I refused to buy another t-shirt when I found out athletes get less than 2% from the sale. Makes me wonder what WWE's percentage. Uh, hope you're doing great, big guy. Yeah, so that's again, Dana went and got the playbook from Vince. This has been well documented that Dana White, and I'm sure he paid, to, I don't know if it was one or two different meetings, or if not more. I know they have some sort of relationship now. As far as the, he, I believe he went there and got the playbook on Vince's. He paid Vince a large amount, and Vince shared with him the, the formula that he's used on wrestlers. WWE uh, does not get you, you I, I don't know what the exact, what the percentage, a $30 shirt. This was back, I believe it used to be, uh, like, it was either $0.99 cents or a dollar for every $30 shirt was the royalty. It was something pretty ridiculous, um, very, not good. And and then percentages on different things. I think action figures were were a little better. Uh, the video game we got screwed on every year. Never got what we were supposed to get because they they blamed it on different things. They, the one year the one company went bankrupt, and they had Cena give a speech to how we all have to suck it up and everybody's losing money and nobody can get paid. And like it was crazy. Like I I I look at things and I'm like man. I came up in the worst period to come up in with some of this stuff, but uh, that's why owning my brand and trademark was so important to me. After, and I believe it was, I, I I take a negative and turn it into a positive. I go, oh no, never let that that's so where I can make it up on the back end of things, owning everything right because you can negotiate far better deals when you are the owner of everything with it, and so, and you can license it out to people while all creating your own stuff on your own website and your own merch company you can see where this can become very beneficial specifically if you get used and, and come back in different positions and license deals with, with multiple companies. You can, you can make more money than anybody if you do it right with that. So, but yeah, the UFC people get that's why Naganu left. They're getting screwed. They're getting screwed and their, 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 their lives, one fight they could be done. And I, I know like Stefan Bonner, my, guy that I was such a great human being dead because it, it, that business ate him up and spit him out and, and and there was nothing there there was nothing there and he, he tried and he was a warrior and he kept trying and he kept fighting his body and mind were, were were broken from all the damage and he kept trying he pro wrestling and he shouldn't have been doing it but he like and then he had bad luck on top of it he opened his own school and put a lot of money into that and he got shut down because it was the beginning of COVID happened And like there's just one bad thing after another and, but you see that with a lot of the UFC veterans, and they have nothing to show for it. We see it with all the WWE veterans. They have nothing to show for it because they got screwed out. of people think all these guys are making all this money. They should be making all this money, but the corporations are greedy and keeping it all. And then they, what they do is, and they control the wrestling media, and they control the perceptions on things. And so when anybody ever tries to do stand-up and do the right thing, what, is it, what do you think happens? What do you Go look at me just look at how they take, they just go, we'll just do the opposite of how that person is with it. And they try to ruin your life. And we're going to show you, you don't speak up. You don't fight. You don't go against the system. And I've always said, Nope, you guys have burned me too many times. Let's go. It's on with it. And because I know the truth at the end of the day, and I've been protected and I believe I've been chosen to to fight this fight for a very good reason, because I could sustain any, any, uh, any of the heat at any given time. Cause at the end of the day, I know me and I know the truth with it. And, uh, but that's and that's what they did. That's what Dana White tried to do to Nagano. Tried to go out and, to Francis and, and bury him. And that's what they do. They leak things out. They'll leak lies out to wrestling things and people. And then that the, that core audience will eat it up and then change it and alter it and, 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 and digest it. However they're going to do that. And then it gets recycled by all the other things and right. And that's what they do with it. And that's and I, I've lived this. I've lived this for six and a half years of just looking. And I go, that's not true. And then, but then people, oh, blah 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 blah. That's this this this. I go, no, that's not true. I can tell you for a hundred percent fact, that's not true. But You know, I get people, you're a horrible human being. You need to be a better person. Everyone I meet in person, you're the nicest guy I've ever met. You're so down to earth. You're so humble. You're like, And it's because and, I'm nice in person because when you meet me, I'm nice. And I, But if you go read a lie that I'm a horrible human being and like think I kick babies or something ridiculous, like whatever you read. Like I can't control that, like, but that's what they do to these people to the talents that stand up and right, and it, it's just it's an unfortunate way that that things are. And you want to believe deep down, like people have more common sense, and but we live in we live in a world in idiocracy where whatever comes out on the news wire, people gobble it up and eat it up, and some people will will go no, and then other people just eat it up, and then they see something once they may not believe it, see it twice they may not believe it but they read it like 10 or 11 times from 10 or 11 different people. And then they go, Oh yeah, that's true. Oh, he's a horrible person. But then it takes when they meet you once and they go, Oh my God, you're the nicest person I've ever met. I can't tell you how many times this legitimately happened. And I just, and I, I go, I'm just me. I go, I don't, I don't, but it's because they've read these things and, they, and their minds are going crazy because then they realize they have the realization that they go, Oh my God, we've been lied to. We were wrong. Which oftentimes many people won't do unless they're directly confronted with that realization. I started, uh, I talked to my brother's older cousins about starting a podcast. Any advice or tips? Just, man, just sort out the things that you need, how the format, what you're going to do. Map out the thing, the name, what you're going to try to achieve, how often you're going to record. Just start writing stuff down. Get the equipment that you're going to need. How you're going to, what, what kind of shows you like that you want to kind of maybe try to to, to to replicate in your own style and then you start doing it. You just go all in, and uh, and you learn from your mistakes, And but enjoy doing it. Don't worry, you know, you, if you have no viewers or very few people listening, you know, for just if you're enjoying what you're doing, and you're learning, and you're having a good time, and you're talking about stuff that you like to talk about, and then, you know, just keep building on that, and keep improving, and in, in you're going to be in one year, two years, five years, you're going to be so much better off than where you, when you first started and you're going to know much more, you're going to know if you want to keep doing it. If it's not something, you know, I did it. I didn't really enjoy it, but if you want something you truly are interested in, and wanting to do, do it. Don't worry about, Oh, there's so many podcasts out there. There's billions of people. There's more than enough room. We can all have podcasts. Not everyone's going to have all the most listens in the world, but you don't need the most listens in the world to make money and to have fun and to do, to have a good time and to talk to people and to form relationships. And I've just talked to my other buddy about this because he he has a, another show, a, a self help show, and, and he's a, a a life coach. And I just said, I go, we were talking about like talking to people. I go, all that really, if I go, if one person can can change their life because of the words that you've said and that the what you've experienced and the how you're able to help them, I go, I go, you're you're doing good with that. You know, we're not all going to have a, a, a million odd people watch, listening to our show weekly with that. But I, And I talk about it having a business. And, and Gary Vaynerchuk, I learned from him, you know, yeah, I would love the number one podcast on things. There's a lot of things going on where I have I can't control right now on things. And I've grown a huge audience, but I can't connect with my audience because I'm not being distributed to my audience with things going on. For whatever you want to believe on that. But I go, I'd rather still... Be able to reach a hundred thousand people or fifty thousand people a week doing my show, or if you t- combine, if I do the show multiple times, hundreds of thousands of people, if not, get up to millions every year with all of that. With with that and having a business and things, I go. That's all potential customers too, and helping people change their lives with the supplements with Feed Me More Nutrition. I go. So that's why I go. But people are like, oh man, you you only. 5,000 people watch your thing or only 100 people are in here, or, you know, 70 people are on the YouTube live. Yeah, but, you know, I've got, uh, sorry, knocked my damn laptop over. The, you know, TikTok, 25, 50, 75, 100,000. It depends on how much it gets distributed for each broadcast on that. That's a lot of people on that Instagram, you know, three four five six seven eight nine ten thousand 10,000 people may watch a live on, on Instagram. I've got thousands of people that listen to the podcast audio. Every week with that, like it all adds up with that, and then people, hey, I'm going to try a supplement. We have an 80% returning customer rate, good likelihood they're going to keep buying supplements over that, and I can continue to help them and to be, be a positive impact in their lives in that way, too, right? All while helping myself and feeding my family and paying my bills. So, it's you know, again, do I want to be the number one thing in everything? But just because you're not doesn't mean you don't do it. I enjoy the process, and that's why I'll never let any of the hate your negativity or anything not, I'm enjoying it. That comes with, doesn't matter if I had the number one podcast, I'd be dealing with people saying I suck and I I'm overrated and I don't deserve to have the number one podcast when it, right. And I wasn't top podcast early on when we started doing, it. we were, we were up there for a period of time with that. And it doesn't change anything. It just matters. I enjoy what I'm doing and helping people. But I say, if you want to do it, do it, man. And just don't stop and learn from your mistakes and, and, and keep improving. Drew, all very cool, man. You're going to be at Celeb Fest in Baltimore. It'll be nice to meet you. Drew Clackering. I won't forget that name, Drew. Drew Clackering. I hope I'm saying that Clackering, Clackering. Sounds a lot like something else there, Drew. It should be a good time. Super Chat, Mass Metal. What factors influenced the development of your WWE character, and were there any discarded ideas or gimmicks? No, I think I well, Ryback was a name I created when I was away from WWE in in my down period, where I decided to take control of my life, Uh and everything was created with the Ryback character in Louisville, Kentucky, essentially from literally the origins of of this is when I developed and, and came across the book The Secret and my mindset. I was like, this is how I always used to think before I got into wrestling when I was always successful at everything, and then I got really negative my first year in wrestling because of the environment and the things that happened and kind of like kind of lost track of who I was. And I got my confidence back essentially with my mindset with this and my life changed back, back to instantly. And, uh, really, really close. But I, I, the, my manager at Smokey Bones used to call me big guy. He, and he had a Wisconsin accent, Jimbo slice. I called him cause he was a big fan of Kimbo slice. And I go, I'm I'm gonna use that as my nickname when I go back to wrestling, the big guy. And he go, big guy, big guy. What's the big guy gonna eat today? He was always a thousand times a day here, in big guy. Everybody, big guy, big guy. So that was why I'm like, man, I'm the big guy, and uh, I trademarked it. The uh, and then the cooks would feed me more. I'd read a book though on a motivational book before the motivational book. There was a cook named Magellan, and the cooks at Smoky Bones used to hide food for me because they knew to keep me to always needed to eat to keep my size. And this is before I was vegan and everything. And so they would always hide chicken, chicken wings, steaks. They would hide, they would mess up food on purpose, or if they accidentally messed it up, they knew if they already had eaten, they would put it in a to-go box and they would hide it in the back. They were like little things you could hide in the back and they would put it in a box and they'd put a big guy on it or something. And then they, they'd cook I'd be walking. And he'd go feed me, feed me. And that was, feed me because he didn't speak great English, but he could say, feed me. And so that was kind of, and then I read it in a book about feeding our soul and feed me. And there was something about feeding ourselves more in a positivity book that I read. And that's where I just go feed me more. And it was like, I wanted more out of life. I wanted, it was, it wasn't about food in that sense. It was about wanting more, this one life that I know that I have, I want, I want everything out of it that I could possibly have I wanted this, that hungry mindset. And that's where that was all developed on that. And where I was like, I have to take advantage and I have to, I have to set goals and I have to achieve goals. I have to make the most of this life. I can't just skate by on, on, you know, this, I got to really apply myself and I have all this energy and the things I want to do. I can't feel sorry for myself. I've got to just go after what I really want and believe in. And that was where all that was and why it's so important to me because it was what changed my life. It was my mindset at 25 years old of developing the mindset and, and finding myself of how I wanted to live my life. And, and and then Ryback, when that name, it was my nickname as a kid, was Silverback with some of my friends. It always looked like Crow magnon Gorilla Man. And I uh, always had big hands and biceps as a kid and just people just called Silverback. And, uh, and then Ryan my real name at the time when I was born and I, I go, I, I want Ryback. I am Ryback. And then watching Terminator. And it was, it was a Terminator based gimmick initially, but it was, it was all about positivity and setting missions and achieving, achieving my goals. And I go that and having a Terminator mindset, not physically actually being a Terminator uh, cyborg, but, but that mindset of lock in, lock into what you want and go, go and get it. And, uh, and, that, and that's why that was the origins of all of it. And, and it mean, it meant so much to me. It wasn't a wrestling and it wasn't about a wrestling gimmick. That's why I just happened to use it in wrestling. And that's the difference between like a gimmick and like and you being yourself and who you are, how you live your life. And that's why everything is under the Feed Me More LLC. It is a brand and it is my way of life. And that's the feed me more hashtag hungry. That is and like, I, I will take that to my grave and, and hopefully that will live on for long, long, far past when I'm gone on, uh, but you know, being grateful for each and everything that we have, but wanting more out of life and, and wanting more in every area of life and wanting to be our very best in uh, whatever that is. And just, but, but more never just becoming complacent and giving up and, but being grateful. And it's all these things that I've learned. So that was, it wasn't ever like, I'm going to just, what am I going to do for wrestling? And that's what, like, feed me more. It came out on TV when I said it on TV for the first time. And it, it, I didn't use it, if you notice, right away. It happened after I'd been fighting local talent and I wanted, I wanted more. And I remember like just looking at the hard cam and I was saying different things every week. And like, I remember I just wanted, I, I wanted more. Like in that sense, i wanted Vince to give me more, not more like more like, more people to fight, but I like wanted more of an opportunity, and I just said, "Feed me more." And I was doing the hand thing by itself at first, and the hand thing from Bloodsport was awkward. It was me trying something, and it was I love that guy from Bloodsport and that that I, that taunt, and and then I realized I go, and then it just synced, it came together, and it was it was a beautiful thing, and like I'll take nothing back, but it happened organically. In that, it wasn't like I'm gonna do this to this, and like it just it all came together man and that's why but it wasn't like it wasn't a thing it was an extension of my personality and my way of life that i infused into the to the to the character right and then obviously playing different roles and being a bully that's all that's all physical acting with that but that's where pro wrestling could blur the lines and This is, you know, my business and life is everything around my mindset, not my pro wrestling character. And oftentimes, wrestling fans can't don't understand. Like, oh, you're just using your gimmick. No, you don't understand. My the gimmick was is my life. (laughs) That was an extension of my personality from in this. And I can tell you, I love sharing the story because not everything in wrestling is is gets to do that. Something it's just mapped out and planned out. And right, so. And I've done things where Skip Sheffield was mapped out and planned out. That was a, a made up character for strictly pro wrestling the Ryback stuff never was and that's why it means so much to me it wasn't just something come up to come up for for wrestling it was it was it was a key moment in my life of changing my life forever and gaining control back when I was at a very very low period to answer your question. But with that, guys, we've gone long today. We're going to keep these morning shows going, so I hope you continue to tune in throughout the week. And uh, I enjoy doing these. I appreciate all the love and support, everyone on Instagram and TikTok. Please go subscribe over on Ryback TV here on YouTube. Please check out my Feed Me More Nutrition over on FeedMeMore.com, the best supplements on the planet and all the Ryback merch. You can save 30% with discount code Ryback30 for new customers. That will be in the comments and description on these videos and on the podcast, uh, right up on all of that. Returning customers can save 20% with discount code FEEDME20, FEEDME20. And all this month and February, you're also going to get a free bottle of our 123 Muscle Joint Tendon uh, Support Formula, a $44.99 value, absolutely free. Just click that as your free gift, guys, on that. Thank you again. Let's have a, a great, great rest of the day. Have a great workout, great anything, whatever you're doing. And uh, until next time, my friends, stay hungry. Feed me more. Feed me more.